0: Welcome to our Thought Leadership interview series. I'm Brandon Cooper, the Chief Risk Officer here at Venminder. Today I'm excited to be joined by Jim Hussey. Jim is the founder of ITTPRM.com. He's a leader in helping third party risk managers embrace the challenges of digital transformation. Leveraging his extensive background in IT operations, technology sourcing, and vendor management, Jim brings a unique perspective that supports the development of effective technology first line of defense and governance and oversight operations and comprehensive business continuity strategies to successfully meet a regulated organization's digital agenda. He has successfully deployed effective third party risk management operations to satisfy the OCC, the CFPB, and European regulatory requirements while bringing value to the global technology operations of a global Fortune 500 financial organization. Welcome, Jim, and thanks for joining us.
1: Well, Brandon, thank you very much for having me here today. I appreciate it, and I look forward to the conversation.
0: Sounds great. You know, maybe we'll kick it right off with the kind of that opening question of, uh, from your perspective, how how do you think financial institutions are doing overall with third-party risk management?
1: Uh, I, I believe there's a great deal of focus uh, across the banking and financial organizations on on this very important topic. Um, Third-party risk obviously goes well beyond just technology, but addresses a number of different operational areas within the organization. But I do believe that these organizations, these third-party risk organizations, are going to be facing a very stiff challenge in in the near term, and that is the wave of digital disruption or digital transformation that is about to really unleash itself in the financial sectors.
0: Besides, uh, you know, besides just digital transformation, what do you see as being the biggest struggle for financial institutions right now with third-party risk? I mean, build on that, if, if you would, for me a bit. The, the, the,
1: the biggest struggle that, that I'm sensing is that as I work across, uh, you know, mid, mid-tier and, and large banks, is that they look at operational risk as the discipline versus uh, technology third-party risk. So there's a lot of cross-training where leaders are taking uh, their operational risk people with strong backgrounds in liquidity or credit risk and moving them into positions to uh, focus in on technology third-party risk. The, the challenge with that is that while, while they're risk experts, they really have limited understanding of the area in which they're focused, specifically technology. And and because of that, that front line of defense or first line of defense tends to almost act as oversight and and governance versus being intimately involved in all of the processes and 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 to a degree they lack credibility with the technology organizations whether they be dealing with issues like cloud or SaaS or or blockchain or or automation. So so to me. Uh the challenge that I'm seeing is the ability for third party risk organizations to contextually understand the specifics of technology and its its potential impact to risk. Does that make sense, Brandon?
0: Makes perfect sense and I, and I okay. completely agree with you. I mean, one of the challenges I think is so much of this new technology is just that. It's new that you don't have a lot of expertise institutionally uh, that really has had the opportunity to kind of embrace and understand it. So it. It is a real challenge. We actually formed an initial risk committee as we called it at my prior organization where we, mm-hmm. you know, really sat down and tried to kick around, you know, how, how do we, you know, understand this? How do we attack it? You know, what what would we reasonably expect them to have? And, you know, really, what does technology do? How do the, fund, how do the funds flow or how, do, how does the data move through the network? So it, it really is right. a big challenge.
1: And, and and getting involved early and contributing, right? So, so you know, the, the the pace of change, the pace at which third-party risk organizations need to be able to move is accelerating as well. So how do you create the process so you can appropriately assess risk up front uh, uh, appropriately, you know, uh, understand what is the threshold or what's the appetite and then monitor it through the process uh, as as the organization, as the bank adopts this new technology uh, or, or or deploys it uh, for, you know, some back end or, or back office or for a customer experience uh, uh, type of uh, engagement. So so I do think that there's a, a ability to move more quickly and bring value is going to put at a premium uh, technology knowledge, and, and, but I want to be clear. I, I'm not talking about a, a C-cell, and I'm not talking about info security. Those things are very, very important. I don't want to minimize them, but many times they're so focused only on the security element that they miss all of the other expectations that the OCC or the FFIEC will have around the, the life cycle of managing that technology third party. So you really do need to have someone who operationally understands the technical implications, can participate in the monitoring and measurement, and then escalate and take appropriate actions when uh, the boundaries are being pressed.
0: You actually already answered one of my other questions that I was going to ask on cybersecurity and and the involvement of, of the information security team. So I'll kind of shift gears and talk a little bit about regulatory guidance. Besides following the regulatory guidance pretty closely, you know, what other best practices do you see in managing risk?
1: Uh, there's 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 so many. Um, I I think I think what you're so we can't minimize you know the, the OCC guidance or, or any regulator guidance. Uh, I do believe that the regulators have been doing everything possible to offer guidance out to the community and say here are the things that we're going to be looking at and here are the things we'd like to see you do. Um, And and maybe it's a little vague at times and and, it leaves people wondering, you know, are they satisfactorily meeting that? But the biggest issues that we all face is you negotiate specific third-party agreements and the ability to really understand the fourth parties, fifth parties, and other material partners that somehow are in that ecosystem is a tremendous challenge. And I do believe that is the current focus, but I'm not sure people have operationally figured out the best manner to do that. So for example, when you start talking about InfoSec or or cyber exposure and the vulnerabilities that come into your network, you could have a fourth or fifth party execute a change in their environment that does not ripple back into your environment and 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 the vulnerability is created, so those to those to me seem to be the biggest issues and challenges that are, are uh, everyone's wrestling with. Did I answer the question brandon
0: you did and and it's interesting because i I agree with your concern over fourth and fifth and sixth parties, and how far you have to chase the information but clearly, anybody with access to n p i or customer data of any sort you really do need to get in there and and understand what what is what are their controls and how well uh, is our third party helping to oversee that fourth or fifth party in some cases
1: in 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 my my past uh, experience right uh, being responsible for vendor management and technology third parties it was also very very important to be collaborative with your internal organization so right right so from a technical standpoint patching end of life systems that are out of support Represent the largest universe of vulnerabilities. Those things are typically caused because internally your leadership, your IT leadership, are making different decisions and not necessarily looking at risk. They're trying to meet the demands of the business and getting other projects out. And then the other dimension that exists typically is that your InfoSec team is typically isolated from your infrastructure team and your application team. So, uh, an area that has been very productive, and, and and again, as I mentioned previously, is when you have a first line or your front line of defense who understands technology, and you start doing collaborative sessions where you bring together infrastructure, application, infosec, and your you as the leader of the third party perspective, and you facilitate collaborative uh, discussions around. Brute cause or, or potential outages. And the more you can get them together to discuss things like business continuity, resilience, and get them to collaborate, the better and more effective you are in managing your third parts.
0: I, I agree with you on that completely. And you know, you, you have some unique perspectives since you've worked at a very, very large company, as have I. Um, and Do you feel like risk management really gets enough attention for, from senior management and the board nowadays, and how can they better demonstrate that level of involvement?
1: So my answer is, in my experience, I, I do not believe, even though the regulators have been very clear around their expectations, uh, I just do not believe that they're as intimately or uh, actively engaged as they should be. Um, what happens is, you know, the the third party organization creates the deck and, and has all of the re- reporting represented in that deck, and uh, there'll be sign off and an artifact is put in, uh, so the evidence can be provided to to the regulators. But I can tell you from personal experience, I was at an organization that uh, was was heavily fined uh, uh, via the CFPB and, and SEC. Um, and despite that, it was more of a financial exercise than a, a refocusing on risk.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, it's interesting because, again, you, it, it's tough when boards are expected to be so actively involved in just hundreds and hundreds of issues around a financial institution. It's tough right. to make sure that, uh, you know, compliance and risk management are getting the time and attention that it needs. Yet at the same time, woe to the organization that doesn't bring it to the board uh, and then somehow gets ferreted out, and then does end up at, with large enforcement actions. Uh, you know, then sweeping changes of the
1: organization. The, and, and and the struggle is, um, you know, the, the idea of a credible challenge. Mm-hmm, right. right. So so. If if your business executives, your line of business executives, have the ability to accept risk, and that and that is not questioned. By. Uh, an independent enterprise risk, or or the board, then you're compounding likely compounding a risk issue that is is not going to go away, and in time, those leaders may change, may take you know move off to other organizations, and leave that risk behind. So I do right. think that that you, we've got a reporting issue, a visibility issue, and many of the line of business leaders. Uh, Will accept that risk versus uh, really having to ferret it out in the appropriate fashion with, with the leadership.
0: You're you're exactly right, and and that concept of credible challenge really does come into play in making sure that you know they they are well informed and also you know feel empowered to to give guidance and and uh, you know make appropriate decisions. We're coming up on the end of our time, but I do want to hit one last question with you. And and Mm -hmm. it really is probably a very timely one, given some of the work that's been going on in Congress recently. We we hear a lot about regulatory reform, and some has recently passed. Uh, But do you really see that trickling down to the uh, compliance officers and third-party risk managers anytime soon?
1: Uh, uh, So the easy answer is no. Um, I do think it will take time um, to trickle down. Uh, and and, uh, and and again, this isn't a, a political issue. Um, it, 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 when you deal with a with a mid a mid tier bank, and and they have the same requirements and expectations as as a major global, um, it's difficult. Um, these organizations are under tremendous operational pressure, uh, uh, technology disruption, needing to invest in the futures. Uh, so it's a disproportionate amount of of impact. To those to those mid and, and smaller uh, uh, financial organizations, so so I, I, I I'm just uh, I, I've not had the chances to announcements all within the last forty eight hours, uh, to really dig in and, and really understand what's being peeled back. But I do know from the leaders I deal with, the analysts who follow the banking community, uh, they were anxious to see these uh, uh, this rollback uh, because of the competitive pressure. We're, we're going to see banks continue to consolidate, um, you know, and, and it, certainly the footprint of the, of the U.S. or North American banking industries look very different in five years than it does today. But the CFPB shouldn't be the key driver in making that happen.
0: Totally agree with you on that. Well, Jim, I really appreciate the time, and uh, I really appreciate everybody joining in. Please be on the lookout for future interviews in this series. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks so much.